0: Hey there, MMI fans. Can't get enough of M and Sarah Jane on the regular Wednesday show? Well, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash murdermostirish for a veritable treasure trove of exclusive content that you can only get there, all for the unbelievable price of just €6 a month. Check out our famous maxi podcast, MMI Drive, MMI Behind the Music, and of course, hours upon hours of Bite Size. Our outtakes that you can only get at www.patreon.com forward slash murdermostirish. All this plus monthly specials, Q&As, and we will answer your comments on Maximilian's mailbag. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.patreon.com forward slash murdermostirish and sign up for only 6 euros a month.
1: Disgusting. I hate it. I just wanted to go away, leave me alone. I didn't realize it was that warm until I walked out of work and I was like, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's a don't get me wrong, it's beautiful to look at. I'm like, oh, it's so pretty outside. And
2: then I go outside and I'm like, no. Uh, I need to not be walking in this. And it was so shit because
1: Saturday was awful. It wasn't awful, but it was freezing yeah because we were sitting in town on saturday it, and it was cold it was
2: fucking freezing on saturday
1: kind of made pride a little bit more yeah. difficult although uh, they didn't seem to stop having a good time pride was great everybody had a great time uh, i think there was no bs that i heard of i didn't hear of any bs no, I, think I think everybody was just, just really out having seven. like the best time yeah. and and uh, loving it me having and i had uh, a homeless person came up to us and ha- had a John Mulaney, Mulaney moment, which I learned about <laughs> after Emma told me about it. And I died laughing. So the moment me and Emma had with a homeless person was, a homeless lady came up to me and Emma as we were reading DeFontaine's. On the, on the steps. <laughs> on the steps of Parliament Street, which probably like Parliament Street down to Parnell Street are probably like the main area where pride was held was yeah, to yeah, George yeah. right yeah. so it was like in that little area she came up and she's like oh my god I, like I love your hair it's it's fab and I was like thanks very much and I was like what about my hair you yeah. stupid bitch um, and she did say that <laughs> and she, um, she was like uh, um, I'm homeless I'm, I'm like from Portnish, I've never been to yeah. Dublin before. Bullshit. 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 I call bullshit. Bullshit. You live in Portnish, you've never been to Dublin yeah, she before? A Dublin anyway. No, she didn't have a Dublin accent. I thought she had a Dublin no. accent. No. She asked me, someone I told her, she was like, oh, country girls. And I was like, Are you from the country? Yeah, she doesn't have, she didn't a very thick country accent. Anyway, and then she was like, I'm gay and I've never been to Pride before. And I just, you know, want to go out on my first Pride and have the best time ever. And me and Emma were like, yeah, grand, on your way. <laughs>
2: Sarah gave her change Because I, I gave, gave her, her I had no I, I had given
1: all my change Previously I did to give her homeless, some money another homeless person And then drunk. we told her Where to go To like enjoy Pride Because yes. me and Emma Were just getting pizza And going back to the hotel Like um, the old woman that But if you don't know The skit The John Mulaney skit Which is It's called It's the, from the New and town stand up It's like I am What say I am, I am homeless, homeless. I am gay, gay. I have AIDS, AIDS and, and I'm
2: new in town. town. And it was literally <laughs> because Sarah had never heard of this this before Sarah never seen it before. And the second she walked up and she just went, I'm homeless and then she went, And I'm gay that skit just was in and my she's like, brain. And she was like, I've never been in Dublin before. I mean, my, my brain was like, I am
1: homeless. I am gay.
2: I'm I sure she didn't have AIDS. That's not what I'm insinuating. And even if she did, that's fine. I don't want to insult anybody. I have
1: AIDS. Um,
2: and I'm new in town. town. But, uh, Saturday was fun actually. I had a really fun day, Saturday, Friday. You were wrecked. I came home and went to bed. You were falling asleep in the car on the way back. I uh, knew by you, you were exhausted. So like
1: we got into the house and like I got into bed. Um, and I slept for two hours. I woke up on Sunday morning and thought it was Monday and got out of bed to go
2: to work because I was so discombobulated. It was
1: really discombobulated. I was like, what
2: day of the fucking week is that? And then I was like, it's fine, it's Sunday. Um, but um, no, you were you were falling asleep in the car on the way home. I was actually.
1: exhausted all of oh, a Oh, I should have like, sleep tonight. I don't know why, but... Well, I think it was probably just a long week at work
2: as well. Mm. And I don't think this weather helps anyway. I know it's not warm, but it was still quite close, and everybody's just like. Bleh.
1: I did come straight. Work was very busy, and then I came straight from work to you on Friday. Yeah. Um. And then obviously Saturday actually was a busy day because I got pierced. Yeah. Uh, we hung out with Lily. We did a lot of shopping. We did. We actually did a good bit of shopping. We walked around for ages. Yeah. I got my shoes. Um, we walked around
2: for a long time. We had
1: breakfast in bed, which was oh, lovely. That was lovely. Um. And it was just nice. I actually say, I actually have to say that, like, past couple of times where we've stayed in hotels and even though they're in Dublin and we're not on holidays, they've just been needed. It's Just really needed. Like, needed. Just, just a break. Yeah, like, just not to be in your own house. Is and like, to be, like, just, like, oh, this is new and it's lovely and I can order food, for food for you. to my, yeah. like, and don't get, like, the other thing as well, because they've pushed back, uh, that, yeah. they've pushed back indoor dining in Dublin, so it's not going to... They're saying two weeks, but, like, I don't think it's going to I don't happen. think it's going to be two weeks. No, it's not. This de- Delta variant is fucking everything up, like, so. Um, but I just feel sorry for... I feel sorry for did you see vintners. Did you see and... Nick and Token? No, what did <gasps> he say? They think they're going to have to close down. Shit. Like, and he put up, like, a thing, and he was like, we've spent, like, so much money. We've got food we can't return. We've got alcohol we can't return. We've spent all this money make, meeting the... Uh, criteria that you guys have put down for us to open. And And now in like the final hour, after all of these businesses have put all this money in. And like, that's the thing. And I get right. I get that we're doing it for the right reasons. I get that. But still incredibly fucking difficult
2: when do we get to open up like it's incredibly difficult and like it's all well and good and I am the first person to put my hands up and say we need to do what we need to do but we the other side of it is people are losing their livelihoods at this point at this point now and it's like what what else what else do we do what else can we do like I don't understand I just feel so bad for anybody that owns a small little restaurant or, or like a passion project that they have or something that they've built up and then they get told, like, I yeah. knew, I knew the other day, I was like, we're not opening on the 5th.
1: Oh, no, when they were like, we're going to go discuss it. I they was said like, but like but we're when, not opening. When I
2: saw that thing about Athlone, I was like, we're not opening.
1: Why, what happened in Athlone? Athlone
2: is fucking besieged by the Delta Delta variant.
1: No. um, England won the Euros. Boo! Yeah, that's actually, exactly. I don't give a shit. Uh, I, I, I care. care so little about football. Um, what But I actually do. have to laugh, right, because one of the lads... We've got two lads in the office that are from the UK. Yeah. But one of them is Irish. Oh, okay. But lived in the UK for a very long time. Does he consider himself English? No, he considers himself Irish. Oh, okay. But the other one is fucking British. He and uh, this other guy from Northern Ireland who, like, was was hoping Germany would win. <laughs> uh, decided that they were going to go to pub tonight after work to go watch the football match. Okay. Unity. Uh, yeah, well, the other guy messaged me. I messaged him because England were winning, and I was like, even I, I don't care about football, and even I won't be able to put up with this. Yeah. And he was like, ha. He was like, um, Kevin's going to get me stabbed. <laughs> and I was like, what? He was like, I'm in a pub with Kevin, and he's fucking like going to get me murdered. Is He cheering for England. It's yeah, rough. he's clearly like oh, in no. the mid like screaming his head off for England. And I was like, all right. I was like, firstly, tell me where you are, so tomorrow when you don't come to work, I can tell the guards you where to start searching. Yeah. Um, and now that other guy is like messaging me looking for tomorrow off <laughs> I tell you what football is a strange thing speaking of
2: football I have started watching the TV show Ted Lasso and it is so god good what's Ted Lasso Ted Lasso is uh, the Jake, Jason Sudeikis TV show where he's the American football coach and he comes to England to coach football an English football team and um, what's it's it on? so funny it's on Apple TV oh It's hilarious and so sweet and a lovely, lovely television show and I just needed, because people, I was Googling, nice things to watch Ah. and someone was like, watch Ted Lasso, it's excellent. If you're feeling a bit like down the dumps or need something nice to watch, Ted Lasso. I really like Jason Sudeikis. So do I. I feel sorry for him though.
1: I feel sorry for him too. His wife is banging Harry 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 Potter. No, Styles. (laughs) Harry Potter. I'm going with that. Um, Um, Harry Styles, who is how old? 20 no, like here's I, the, in my brain he's a child and he's Olivia, not a is child. Her, what's her name? Oli- Olivia Wilde Olivia Wilde Yeah You should know better Yeah like what the fuck, Like man? bang whoever you want But like Why would you Why would he, you? Apparently he likes the older lady Well don't we all When we're a kid And he's,
2: we want them to wash our clothes He's into the old He wants a mammy Yeah exactly yeah, He wants a mammy Apparently the ladies love Harry Styles I have to say Harry Styles would actually get it I just feel like his uh, upper lip smells Whenever I look at him he has that ratty mustache thing that really bothers me. Does he? Yeah, he's that little ratty this thing, and this I just can't. He looks like um, da, da. <laughs> Ned Flanders' dad in The Simpsons
1: when they're like the beatniks. I'm so Beatenics. golden. Do, 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 do. Yeah, he looks like uh, Ned Flanders' dad. Oh, he does. Like, now I can't unsee him. he I got a little ratty mustache. Ah.
2: Uh, no, no, like Shout out to Harry Styles fans who are going to come and burn my gaff down. But anyway,
1: I like his shirts that he wears.
2: Yeah, he wears a lot of Gucci.
0: Look, uh, look, do you see what I
2: mean? Yeah. he can't grow a beard and he's trying really hard. Yes. But it's not working. I can be his beard.
1: Oh <laughs> well, uh, When do I you sit really on his face. Attractive. Uh yeah. I just think he looks like a dirty hippie. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm into. Uh. Um, I don't find him you lovely eyebrows Do you know what Like when I look at him here yeah. In a solid You're not into it No but when he's singing I'm like do you know like what it. Yeah absolutely uh, Becky likes he's him He's got a smile And he's a cheeky little chap He's a cheeky chap He's a cheeky chap a cheeky Becky likes him Hi Becky's into Up that. to England <laughs>
2: he's, Becky's into Harry Styles. Um, go on to Becky Go on to Becky Go on to Becky um, If
1: you need housekeeping Housekeeping yeah. Let's see, housekeeping. Have you known? Did that, no one mess just oh. chime us in? Oh, everybody sent us lovely messages.
2: People send us lovely messages. All day, every day. They send us the nicest things. Thank you. I have no other housekeeping, though. Oh, we're working on new merch with Phoebe. Phoebe came up with an excellent idea, so we're did working she? on... I showed it to you. What about the other one, the Cab one? <laughs> Oh we do that as well Oh okay Yeah yeah, yeah. Um, So we're working uh, I've met Phoebe's last week But I have to go back to her To say you're okay with it Because I wanted to run it by you Before uh, Belchin Martin meha Martin I wanted to run it before by- I want to you before I suggest you.
1: We're looking at new merch. We're looking no, at new merch. Your don't work. We're looking at new merch. And it's going to be offensive. It's, gonna, it's always
2: offensive.
1: We oh, the listen. Tasty Treats. Everybody was looking for the Tasty Treats recommendations. I've given them. If you'd like to know, I don't know where I put them, but somewhere on social media. And I think it was Facebook. If it's not on Facebook, I'll put it up on the Twitter. But Did if you, you want to know, get a coffee slice. The carrots, cakes, bakes, tray bake. No, I didn't fucking it was thickness. my list not yours the carrot cake tray bake is beautiful well I will tell you
2: something because that I, cream cheese topping they put on it's not cream cheese whatever the uh, fuck it
1: is uh, no it is no, no, no. I delicious. think that's the the lowest actually thing. Right that. your face <laughs> i am blind you you bitch first option <laughs> first option coffee shucks buns there should be no Chucks. coffee there should be no coffee in any dessert except tiramisu a coffee slice nope um, why don't you just lick
2: lick a bean burst. that's the fucking same thing i lick your
1: bean no <laughs> come on come dirty bitch um, we're riffing we're riffing <laughs> hey guys we're in the flow we're in the ebb and the flow of the podcast <laughs> what was your second um, recommendation um, fresh donuts but only in the morning oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and then uh, actually if they do just people, some people said uh, violently un- unhealthy and unhygienic <laughs> what is this you're doing just rubbing my little ears oh um yes then i would i recommend strongly recommend a jam donut from tasty treats first yes, thing in the morning when they own and uh it's so bad for you because when you get to where you're going with that donut the brown bag is transparent so much grease so much grease their tiger loaf bread is delicious as well uh i don't like tiger loaf i love tiger loaf i don't even like the tesco's love one. tiger loaf toasted do you know why i don't like it and this is a very specific reason that's one reason go on tell me that's one reason for many things (laughs) Uh, but because um, they obviously not them but Tesco's obviously use margarine when they're making the tiger loaf oh
2: so you can taste the margarine
1: I can smell it oh
2: you're like Colin with the smell thing yeah Colin can smell things from ages away or like he can smell like a specific thing. I can it. smell
1: everything. Um, it's the girl on her blood. Is she on her blood?
2: I, I like. will smell it.
1: <laughs> I like their tiger loaf because it's really like it's really crunchy. Um, tasty treats. Give us more stuff. Tasty treats. Give us more things. And the lady that bought us the cake and we thank you very much. Thank you and I said thanks you. Here actually I have to read this text message from my mum. Oh no. Oh it's so funny. Funny haha. Uh, mm. Yeah because I said it's to Graham and he was like your mum crazy. What'd she saying? Uh, let me see if I can find it. Should I do something? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> what did she say, Carolyn? Uh, hang on, I get it. Okay. The other morning she was texting me and she texted me at eleven thirty eight. and she said, are you out? I said, so that means, in mum language, that means are you I out and about? I somewhere. No, 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 it means are you out and about? Yeah. And usually means I need you to bring me somewhere. yeah, I said, we were in swimming. She wrote back, enjoyed it, It enjoyed it, did you? And in my head, I just heard Yoda. <laughs> enjoyed it. Did you? Did you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, lovely. She's like, oh, I was just wondering if you could go do this thing for me. And I just wrote back being like, fuck off. <laughs> Your poor mom. Leave me alone. Listen. What a weird way to write a sentence. I just can't. I just, enjoyed it. Did, did you? you? It's almost like, oh, did you? Yeah, Did you? Did you? Yeah, did you, did you not,
2: not know? Did, you not, swim? did yeah. you not know psychically that I needed yeah, to be somewhere? Yeah, I need to go somewhere. It drives me mad. Ma's everywhere. If you're a ma, don't... Just ask your child what you want. Don't do this. Uh, what are you doing? Yeah, okay, so it's my man a tricks. It's do. a trick. When we were kids, if my mum ever came in and sat on our bed, we'd be like... What do you want? Yeah, what do you want? Like it was immediately like something is wrong. She wants something, and she's just not telling us. Yeah, because women of a certain age in Ireland were never taught to fucking speak. I'm not going to start from this front. I'm um, too tired mm-hmm. and
1: warm. Uh, but yeah, I hate when mums do that. Yeah, uh, what are you up to? Just yeah. tell, just tell me what you want. Just tell me what you want. Um, do you want to hear nothing? And did I tell you about this really extreme thing? that happened to work where Kevin told, told, called called in a muppet. Um, yeah, because he didn't know two can kind of song. <laughs> you songs. It's so I've never heard anything more gangster in my life. Kevin is so London. Kevin is the most London man I've ever met. So London. Uh, uh, and today he was, ta- ta- he was playing Eminem in the office. Oh, fuck off. Immediately banned. <laughs> banned. Out the door. I said, Kevin, knock that on the head. He said uh, to Tiernan, because he's, again, trying to... I don't know what he's trying to do. He's trying to, like, violently teach Tiernan about rap music. Um, <sighs> and Tiernan has no interest. Anyway... He said to Tiernan, Wait, did you hear this? One of the best rappers of all time. If not the best. And I went to him, Sorry, excuse you. No. Yeah, I was like Eminem. And he was like, Yeah. And I was like, Then he was like, Name another rapper who's better. I was like, Sorry, what? Q-Tip. Kendrick Lamar. Kanye West. Anyone who's not white and a misogynistic (laughs) pig. (laughs) I was like, I said to him, DMX. And he went to me, DMX is a homophobe. Eminem's a homophobe. (laughs) Anyway, that's the end of really uh, Confessions Corner. I
2: have no I have no nothing I have nothing
1: I'm, I, I'm out of steam
2: I have nothing I'm trying to think something anything happened No uh, I, that, Thanks to everybody for all your lovely messages and for being so supportive
1: <gasps> What did you think of the Matt Hancock thing? Oh he's a fucking dirt bad like, I feel so bad for his wife I feel so
2: bad for his wife Like imagine Opening a newspaper And there's a, a picture Of your husband Tonguing some young one With his oh, hand on her ass, it's like the worst His hand clutching
1: yeah. her arse. And it's not even like uh, And he's vile It's one of the worst Picked images ever I just feel so bad for her Fuck him Fuck that Yoke he cheated. She, The cheat knew,
2: Knowing full well That he had a wife Who yeah. was tonguing him Like fuck her yes, too yeah, it's right Kids yeah He's leaving His wife now. For your one <laughs> mm. What? He's leaving his wife For this woman Uh uh-huh yeah he's leaving her he's leaving his wife so he decided he's madly in love with this woman and he needs to be with her the pandemic brought them together is that what he said love in the time of cholera yeah no he didn't say that but he's leaving his wife for her i just feel so damage control fucking bad for his wife like and he was like that uh letter that he (laughs) he issued he's like we've come so far with covid motherfucker you were wearing the face off someone and then telling people not to be yeah. meeting up with anybody anywhere. Yeah. While your poor wife was sat at home. Yeah. The hand on her arse just did me in. I was I, like, the I wanna, hand on the arse just looked like... I want to punch him in the neck it like it's not him. that
1: It's not that it did me in and I wanted to punch, because I want to punch him in the neck anyway. Yeah. But it just looked like, you know when you... Do you remember when you were at your Debs? Right, like, And the blah, blah, lights blah, blah, blah. came on at the end yeah. of the night. And everybody, and you were like, oh God. oh, God. The smell in here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, it's Mr. Nice.
2: O'Shea. But it's just so funny because... I think people tend to forget like when this pandemic happened you, you obviously have to look to politicians to be like what are we doing what's happening blah 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 but they're just not only people they are people in power and people who have power are generally just violently corrupt and yeah. will misuse
1: it and abuse it for every opportunity they get listen if you wanted to have a go at me right, you could have just said that to my face oh, you're not in power honey Oh, no. there I... was a comedian I was watching who? Oh, actually, I was watching loads of old John Mulaney because you said oh, about I that Oh, because I sent one. you that thing. Yeah, and then me and Grandma were watching loads of them and Grandma's like, it's sad. I know. Because he's let us all down. Well, because that's how we should be living But well, It's amazing how he, he, he created this... Image. I mean, he, even he's just like his first. I watched his first stand up where he's talking about how much he loves his girlfriend. Yeah, and how she's Jewish and how yeah. like he just like adores her. And now when I watch it, I'm like, but you don't. And then it would, he said it himself in one of the. I think he was on on the podcast I was listening to,
2: and he was saying to the guy who was doing the podcast, he's like, because the guy had asked. It was P Holmes. P Holmes said, to him, "Do you think you'll have kids?" And he was like, "I don't know." He was like, and "The reason that I say that is because you know, five years ago I was buying." crack under a bridge in New York City and he was like and now I'm not but he was like in five years time I don't know if I'm going to be doing that again so I think he always knew there was a part of him that could potentially go back that way mm-hmm. so I think but he did create this image of like this not nice guy but this like family not family what, uh, as he said himself he's a, he's a husband he's a husband guy he's a, he's a wife guy he wants to be married and have a wife and be in love but he's also an addict like regardless of whether he's not on drugs anymore he's still an addict so that is the other side of it like, but yeah. she's going
1: through it on Instagram oh fuck me Fuck me! She's going it. I tell you what someone needs to send her some she's nice go, knickers she's going through, it. She's going through it. I can't look at those uh, skin coloured knickers <laughs> she anymore. loves a skin coloured knicker she loves <laughs> a skin coloured knicker listen if you want to I know it's not to you actually if, if you want to have a a strong look at some skin coloured knickers go to Anna Marie Tandler's Instagram page it's just lying around her gaff in upstate New York in skin coloured knickers that gaff is real yeah, but it looks like it's haunted. It looks like it's haunted. It also looks like Kate Bush built it. Which I think that's why I'm into it. <laughs> The moral of the story
2: is, trust no man. I'm getting that tattooed in my forehead. Trust no man.
1: Trust no man. Uh, I would agree, I would agree, I would agree. I would agree. Also,
2: I've been watching, uh, because I've been listening to, as I told What's you, loads of, loads of P. Holmes doc, uh, podcasts. I, I watched this TV show. You've three
1: seasons oh, of a TV show. is it any good? It's very good. The only thing is... Tell me. Judd Apatow produced it. Is there a lot of wanking There's in it? There's
2: a lot of wanking and a lot of unnecessary sex
1: scenes. I think if I had a willy, I'd be at it all time. I probably would be too, but yeah. I don't need to see him at it. Like, I don't touch my vagina that often. No, I rarely touch my vagina. My to in terms of, like, make sure of I that. would touch it, but, like, you know the way men touch it throughout the day and stuff? Yeah, they like Men like, wank I... and work and things like that. Dude, oh you? men wank can work.
2: 100% men wank and work uh, do women um, is that a comment oh, I'm gonna Steve that's a statistic oh, that's I on would, the internet I wouldn't, I wouldn't type in women wanking and work because statistics
1: I'm not I, <laughs> oh, no, I will preempt I it surprise.
2: statistically um, well, yeah, there's a lot of like unnecessary sex scenes and also I don't want to see Pete Holmes having sex because he looks
1: like a priest statistically do women masturbate masturbate in work why does masturbate why is like that the word we use why does do women masturbate at work I'm sure it's Greek is it or Latin no idea stop touching yourself you go to hell straight uh, to hell do you not think you uh, maybe uh, I can't I won't wank in work because I'm so too is, annoyed I'm, I'm gonna read the um, this is the headline of this article go do women masturbate in work do women masturbate at work question m- mark because men certainly do <laughs> Yes! Period. That's exactly how I would write that article. I, got, I guess I always knew men did this, but I never really paid much attention to it. When it dawned on me that it was an actual thing, I started doing a little research. Hey, listen, I'm in deep too. I'm with you, honey. When it dawned on me that I started doing a 39% of men masturbate at work. 39%? Work is the most unsexy place on planet Earth, but a
2: lot of the time for men, it's not about being sexy, it's just about pulling the fucking dick off themselves. Dirty bastards! And then going out and shaking someone's hand. Oh look, yeah, or using a spoon. Fuck what? off, using a spoon for the coffee and
1: then put Jesus it down. Jesus Christ, and pick up the spoon. <laughs> why did it? Where did it go there? Because well, that's what they do. I'm reading and I just looked up and you said and using a spoon using and I don't spoon. know how we got there. Not to wank, but like afterwards. No, I haven't come across the study showing the percentage. There isn't a study that I can find. Risk some frisky females out there have been have taken the plunge no. honestly I found myself laughing out loud literally reading some of the back and forth comments between, this is obviously on reddit reddit oh yeah look reddit trying to find out if this is normal here are some of the inappropriate outrageous comments uh, going around I think that it's disrespectful di- disrespectful to the people around you even if they don't find out also I work at a retirement home oh god <laughs> Let's hope you're not doing that. But then it is disrespectful. It is disrespectful. And she has the right idea. (laughs) Not exactly a place you feel the need to do that. No,
2: it is the least sexy. I'm usually stressed and or angry, so no.
1: And then, uh, wow, no crazy... Uh, well no crazy unprofessional and public washrooms are so gross and unsexy it would be the last oh, thing I'd yeah. want to do You'd be in
2: like a re- uh, yeah you're in a public you're I have public my own toilet. bathroom at work
1: so she's uh, flicking the bean off herself, which I it? do not do that no, she, <laughs> she just admitted that's what she said I
2: have my own bathroom right now I do not it's a disabled toil- it's a
1: disabled toilet on the top floor even worse it's for me mm-hmm. uh, I have done but not for a while now who said that a man or a woman uh, a woman and then someone just the wrote, dirty ble- wrote, wrote below it good for you you brave one <laughs> <laughs> This guy from the movie in Wolf of Wall Street told us he needs to he needs to do this to think clearly. It's based on a real character. Some men are doing this every day to get better at their jobs. Now listen. Then Fuck someone off. wrote below it, Sure, but he also sort cocaine out of a prostitute's asshole. Yeah, like, come so on. maybe don't think come on, come on. Maybe don't take his behaviours as normal. Why is my sister master me? Uh, why is
2: my sister messaging me? Listen, if you have a wank at work, just don't get caught. How would you get caught?
1: Someone walked in. Why would they walk in? If you, have you not like lock the door? If
2: you like a two cubicle bathroom and then someone walks in and is sitting beside it and you can hear your disgusting foreskin <laughs> flapping back yeah, and forth. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm talking about Irishmen who all have foreskins and uh, they're
1: like... Whoa, 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 or whatever noise it makes, I don't care. You're disgusting, you're all sick. Uh,
2: and then, they, about the, and then I bet them ejaculate into the toilet like
1: the fucking animals there. I love how this... Uh, sorry, I'm, I know I'm just down a rabbit hole of reasons. <laughs> Show me 29% of your co-workers masturbate at the office according to our survey. I, jo- I jerked off no. when I worked at a funeral home. He's a fucking... That's terrifying. <sighs> if you're sitting there, people doing this... Uh, anyway. No, Least place, sex place. Uh, a recent survey looked at people's sexual behaviour during lockdown and the results are... Pretty horny. How <laughs> <Ew. laughs> did you say it like that? <laughs> uh, pretty oh, horny. No. Are you pretty horny? Well, what's
2: happening? Well? What? 35% of men and 17% of women masturbate.
1: It's more common than you think these are all animals. 17 percent of women. That's quite I'm actually do you know what you've let me down? Let me down. Let's side down, lad Let us anyway, down That's our delve into female <sighs> masturbation. <sighs> Female masturbation in the workplace, it's pretty normal. According to this statistical website I found, 17% of us are flicking the bean at work. (laughs) <laughs> this. Actually, could Paula, you imagine, put, a, put a remix over this Could call. you imagine The Eurovision uh, Like dance it would just be too cute. A cubicle okay. And two people You're Moving like, them yeah, yeah yeah I would love it And <laughs> I me mean, on a toilet Playing <laughs> <laughs> <Pay> the bass <piece. laughs>
2: Colin, put put, put, uh, some,
1: what's that thing that people, that make your voice go, auto tune, -tune, -tune, I I hope no one that I know listens to this podcast, because I just made up an entire, lots of people that I know listen to, including my family, that's okay, Yvonne, we will reenact the musical, (laughs) flicking, flicking the 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 bean bean at work, flicking the bean the musical, what do we (laughs) want to call the uh, musical masturbation, work, work and masturbation musical, oh, Uh, names on a postcard please Please. and uh, we will rob them and give you no credit (laughs) zero not a penny you will see Um, anyway if you want a story to tell yeah
2: is it out. a good one? I could just go to bed. It's very long,
0: Sarah. Attention, feminists. Murdermost Most Irish merchandise available now from teespring.com. Plain, boring old teas getting you down? Hey, buddy, does your huddy scream fuddy-duddy? Spruce up your wardrobe with brand new and improved MMI apparel exclusively from teespring.com. Don't be a mug. Buy one of ours. Like to steal things? Conceal your identity at the local shop and go with a kooky face mask. Be the swingin'est crazy bag lady on the block with our organic totes. Murder Most Irish Merchandise at Teespring.com for all your murder feminist needs. Teespring.com is a third party company. All stock manufacturing, purchases and refunds are handled exclusively by them. Any queries should be directed to www.teespring.com
2: uh, this week I'm going to do the story, as I was saying to Sarah Jane uh, last week or the week before, I don't know, time is not time oh, On the no, what's up doc. Uh, live. Uh, Gemma asked us about our first true crime kind of interest or story that got us interested in it. And this is mine. And I said the story of my life. You did. And this is the story of um, the murder of Cindy Ray um, by a lady named Darcy Pierce. Um, and I got my information from lostgirls.home.blog, which is actually really, really good. The story is by Darcy Pierce. No, it's about the... The lady who murdered Cindy Ray was called Darcy Pierce. So the murderer is Darcy Pierce, and the lady that was murdered is
1: Cindy Ray. I know I'm, this is an unpopular p- p- opinion, but Go. uh Darcy Pierce is a lovely name. It is a lovely name, isn't it? Actually, I like Cindy Ray as well. Her name is Cindy Lynn Ray. Hey, my name is
2: Cindy Ray. Cindy Lynn Ray from Utah. And I'm from Utah. I don't know if that's the well, Utah accent. the Mormons. Utahian
1: accent. No, Utah. that's not. That's just the deep south. That's the deep south.
2: Desert dot The LA Times. A really good article in the LA Times uh dot and then I got stuff from the Biomedical Central a press reader and a, a podcast called Fetal Abduction, which is an actual podcast just about fetal abduction, which is really really interesting. And the lady who uh, narrates it.
1: Hmm? How common is fetal abduction?
2: Not that common at all. But it's psychiatrists are very, I do not say interested in it, but interested in learning about it because it's not that. We common. should call this episode uh, "Statistics and Ballistics."
1: Statistics and ballistics. Yeah, bitch. bitch. Okay. <laughs> I don't and that's going to be the name of my youtube channel i love it where i just say statistics <coughs> and then bitch I th- you know i'd fall asleep to that i'd be like uh, <laughs> statistics and
2: ballistics
1: and they're just ones that i make up bitch. today i'm 22 percent in love with emma <laughs>
2: only 22 percent and four
1: percent curious about my sexuality
2: <laughs> <laughs> statistics and ballistics bitch right it's saved. okay so Let us start, because this is 14 pages. So, at 4pm on a muggy July day in 1987, Theron Hearthstone... Oh, what a great name! ...left work as a supervisor at an Albuquerque wallboard company and drove his pickup truck into the mountains. This is so American already. What a boring name. What a boring job. Theron was in the process of building a house just 15 minutes from the city, and when he drove down a US Forest Service lane towards his property, a white Volkswagen was stopped abruptly in the middle of the road, blocking his entrance. Both front doors to the vehicle were open and the engine was running, so Theron got out of his truck to check if the person in the Volkswagen needed help. What an American thing to do. Uh, I just sit and beep the horn say so say get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh was surprised when a woman appeared on his left. So he was standing and this woman just appeared on his left. She was fixing her white dress and stating over and over again, my friend and I need to be left alone. So she just kept saying that to him. Theron thought it strange as the woman seemed exasperated, and parking in the middle of the road was a dangerous thing to do. But thought maybe this woman dressed in white was with the man, and they were looking for privacy. So she, he was like,
1: oh, they were "They're writing. banging on the
2: side of the road." Theron told her fine, but that he that he needed to get by. He closed the doors to the Volkswagen, got back into his truck, and began to drive off. He looked back and saw the woman in white clambering up the nearby hillside. He then saw another woman laying on her back on the grass. Theron realised it must be two women in a tr- two women in a tryst and understood why-, why she demanded privacy. So he thought it was two ladies getting it on. And she was Banging. like, oh, I better get out of here. Scissoring. Uh, Theron kept driving and did, look- did not look back again. What? So he just saw it and he was like, oh, they're probably just
1: why? having sex. That's not off. a
2: normal thing up. to yeah, do. and he drove off.
1: I'd pull up and take out the camera. No, <laughs> <laughs> you yeah,
2: would. A uh, dirty bitch. So at 4.30pm on the same scorching July day, Rob Moore, a senior car salesman, was sitting at his desk in Montana, Acura, in North uh, Albuquerque.
1: Acura or
2: Acura? Acura, A-C-U-R-A, is that a car? Albuquerque. Acura is a a car, isn't it? When a visibly shaken co-worker came into Rob's office to tell him there was a woman outside looking for him. There's a lady in the parking lot who's having a baby, he said. Rob, she's asking for you. So Rob ran outside to find a woman dressed in a white dress behind the wheel of a Volkswagen holding a newborn baby in her arms. The woman's dress was stained red with what seemed to be blood and as Rob approached her, he recognised her as a lady who had tried to buy a car she could not afford with her husband weeks previous. He remembered that she had been heavily pregnant. Rob knelt down and the lady told him, quote, I've delivered my own baby. She told Rob that she'd given birth on the side of the road and had bitten the umbilical cord with her teeth. Scumbag. As Rob, <laughs> as Rob looked at the baby, he saw that she was still covered in like a little bit of blood and mucus. And she had a tiny little scratch on her head, but otherwise she was fine. When Why she drove to the car to the, to this dealership is still unknown. Nobody knows why she drove to the dealership as opposed to going somewhere else. The woman then asked Rob to remove a 9mm Ruger automatic piss, toy pistol that was on the rear floorboard and put it in the pocket of the car and drive her to the hospital to meet her husband. So there was a fake gun lying on the floor and she was like, "Would you just take that up and put it in there and he did and then she was like will you drive me to
1: the hospital americans eh
2: uh, to meet your husband that he would be waiting for her <clears throat> rob agreed but before leaving he checked the sales log of customers he had dealt with and found the new mother's name her name was darcy darcy pierce so ray pierce had met darcy ricker in 1984 when she was 16 years old and he was 19 ray was working in a hobby shop at the time but was close to joining the air force Darcy filed for him immediately. And in 1985, she dropped out of high school school to live with him. So she was only 17. People in this are really young. Like they're really young and they're having loads of babies and getting married. It's so bizarre. Like I know in the you 80s. Be Christian? Yeah, well, like it's Utah, some Mormon. Oh, okay, well then. So Darcy was born in 1968 to her mother, Christine Grace Warmbrod. I'm not sure if I'm saying that name right. Christine was only 15 when she became pregnant with Darcy and her father sent her to an unwed mother's home in Portland to give birth to her. Christine gave birth and kept Darcy with her for 11 days, after which she said she was coerced <clears> by her father throat> throat> to give her baby up. Well, <clears throat> this
1: is a this time story.
2: Yeah, Warmbrod said that she had nothing to give Darcy but love, so she chose to give her up for adoption. Christine's father was a door-to-door salesman and he handed his 11-day-old granddaughter to a family he was selling pots and pans to. So he just arrived at the door and was like, do you want a baby? And they were like, yeah. What? Yeah, and gave them the baby. He did not know this family very well, but decided that this was an excellent decision. He was like selling pots and pans to them and just gave them a baby. Darcy said that she was haunted by her early life. She felt rejected and unloved knowing that her birth family had, in her eyes, abandoned her. Darcy's adopt- adoptive mother, Sandra Ricker, said that her and Darcy had an incredibly tumultuous relationship. Quote, Darcy did not like fat people and I was always a fat, ugly person. I was really sad when I read that. What? Was like, she was like, oh, Darcy didn't like fat people and I was always an ugly, fat person. I'm like, no, her mum. Her adoptive mum. In my opinion, I did not suit her as to what she thought I should be. So this is her adoptive mum that took her and apparently Darcy's to make shit of her because she was fat. So Mrs. Ricker also stated that Darcy hated her brother's fiance darcy's sister-in-law had gotten pregnant but wanted to give up the baby for adoption sandra said quote darcy hated marianne this is her brother's fiance to her you give cats and dogs away you do not give
1: babies away this well is, you can kind of like that comes from the fact that she, from, she was, was given away yeah she was
2: given away to on, on a doorstep to a random family where her father yeah. was like her grandfather we've was all saying, had, had moments pads. as mothers <laughs> you are like please just take this <laughs> But like, what makes you actually a good mother is that you don't fall through with that. You don't go through. So Sandra said that Darcy was known to tell a lot of lies as a child. Quote, to some people she would make them think that she was mistreated because she lived with a fat, ugly mother. Oh
1: my God! She was
2: always ashamed of her house. I think she liked to tell people that she lived in a better house. So Darcy suffered sexual abuse as a child and at age nine a neighbour forced her to have oral sex. Other men made advances towards a nine-year-old child in her local area. Darcy and her cousin began being sexual with, with each other from the age of eight and this continued for six years. This is this is from an LA Times article written in 1988 and this will tell you the language that was used. An article written in, sorry, 1987 states that Darcy seduced her cousin at eight years old. What? That's what they said. Darcy seduced a cousin at eight years old and had an affair for six years. What? She was eight. Yeah. Like the language used in some of these articles, like you just, you're reading it and you're like, holy mother fuck, this is so awful. So obviously we are reading articles now unless you want to get fired no one's writing an article that states that yeah that an eight-year-old was seducing her cousin Jesus <laughs> like it's insane according to Darcy's family she was desperate for not only a child but the idea of a perfect marriage and life upon meeting Ray she was convinced he could give this to her in 1985 Darcy fell pregnant for the first time but unfortunately she miscarried, with the, ba- miscarried the baby she took this loss incredibly hard and the next year became obsessed with having a child So, July 23rd, 1987 was supposed to be an exciting day for 24-year-old Cindy Ray. She had an OBGYN appointment that afternoon and at 38 weeks pregnant, it would be her last appointment before giving birth to her baby girl. That morning, Cindy kissed her husband, Sam, goodbye before he went to work at the nearby airbase as a military policeman. She then brought her two-year-old son, Luke, to day- daycare before dropping off her customers' Tupperware orders to them. How 80s is that? So, Cindy was born, born, born? Cindy was born in July 17th, 1964, in American Forks, Utah.
1: Wow. She was
2: described as a kind, caring, and shy girl. She met Samuel Ray in high school, where they both played in the drumline in band bent you know americans have bent oh. both were devout mormons and they fell madly in love no they didn't they wanted to have sex wanted a well, the bone on april 15th 1983 they married and their son luke was born nine months later oh cindy and sam oh does,
1: exactly nine months on the button no Duft. Duft. <laughs>
2: cindy and sam had decided they wanted a large family and began trying for another child <clears throat> just before 2 p.m cindy parked her red chevy there's so many cars in this. red Chevy car outside the clinic before hurrying in for her examination. Cindy was due to give birth in two weeks. She was tired and suffering from low iron, and the baby was very quiet inside her. Aww. She decided to drink a can of Coke to stimulate the baby, and as Cindy was a devout Mormon and never drank caffeine, it worked. Cindy listened to her baby's heartbeat scratch lines on a paper tape and felt utter relief. I didn't realise that those things that you put around your belly, these ones,
1: yeah. were attached to a machine. That, yeah, I had... um. I had to go on one of them for a whole day because yeah. Lily stopped kicking. That's the days you were checking it had to make um, sure the baby was still active. And yeah, early. and then they were like, because uh, there's a, it's called ten kicks. Yeah. So That's you should be- you try you try and track. If you get ten kicks a day, then yeah. technically everything's okay. Like. the whole idea is that your baby's fine. Which was this one week where like I was getting like no kicks, and then they put the you the like, Did they? Yeah, and I That's because so I was diabetic, I had to go to hospital every week. And anyway, yeah. So when I was there, they were like, is there anything you're concerned about? And I was like, I just haven't felt the baby kick. Uh, just not that active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they put me on one of those things and Graham came. Everything was okay. Lily is here. Or was that the other time where they thought I was miscarrying? Anyway, it's one of those times.
2: Yeah, it's weird, cause I because I googled the machines and I yeah, was like, Yeah, they, oh. listen, they, they listen to your baby. Yeah. So the <clears throat> OBGYN then wrapped the fetal monitor around Cindy's tummy with a pink belt and Sim- Cindy left the clinic. So Sam, her husband, had always attended Cindy's appointments. Mm. Cindy usually booked them on Sam's days off where he, where he worked in the Kirkland Air Base. However, Sam's shift was changed that day and he could not make the appointment. Mm. Instead, he told Cindy he would meet her afterwards. <coughs> Cindy waited for mm. Sam in the waiting area, but he had been held up at work, so she decided to leave. So now they had she had their car, so he had like a work mm. truck and she had their car. So she was like, he must be late, I'm just going to leave, Like I'm going to go home. Cindy began walking towards her car in the parking lot and before she reached it, a dark-haired, heavily-pregnant Woman stopped Cindy by saying hello. Cindy did not know the woman woman but stopped out of courtesy and maybe pity, seeing as she knew how difficult it was to be walking around pregnant in the sweltering Albuquerque heat. The woman asked Cindy if she, quote, had a minute that she really needed someone to talk to. Cindy, who was known to be caring, said, Of course, and the two got into the woman's car.
1: <gasps>
2: the woman started the car and began driving out of the parking lot. She then pulled a gun on Cindy.
1: What oh, a fake gun. Mm-hmm.
2: So in 1985, Darcy Pierce told Ray, her husband, that she was pregnant, but had suffered a miscarriage. And was she not
1: pregnant?
2: Darcy had a suction dilation and a curatage procedure after losing the baby. But according to some specialists, it is possible that she was never pregnant, but instead had a growth removed. Because apparently it's the same sort of procedure for like a Like a growth. DNC. Yeah, then. like a growth inside you being removed. So after the procedure, Darcy wore baggy cl- laggy clothing and told people that she was still pregnant or had gotten pregnant again. In 1986, uh, Darcy told Ray that she was pregnant again, and Ray proposed to her. Ray later stated that one of the only reasons he had asked Dar- Darcy to marry him was because he believed she was pregnant again. So he was like, oh, "That's the right thing to do. Well, I have oh, to okay. ask her to marry me." So in December 1986, Darcy and Ray were married. During this time, Darcy was working in a department store and took maternity leave from it. Darcy's due date came and went, and when people inquired about the baby, she told them it had been stillborn. Oh. Darcy and Ray moved into a duplex apartment with Darcy's brother and her sister-in-law, Craig and Mary. Darcy's sister-in-law had become a pregnant again and this time wanted to keep the baby. Remember I was telling you she hated yeah. her sister-in-law because she got pregnant? Darcy loved taking care of the newborn and would spend hours holding her. However, Mary told of a strange occurrence that had happened when Darcy asked if she could breastfeed the baby. Oh, so Hannah rocks cradle. So Mary was like, uh, no. This caused an argument which would then lead to a rift between the couples and Darcy and Ray moved out. Darcy, just before she moved out, Darcy told Mary she was pregnant again. So she had told people she was pregnant. She told people she lost the baby. She told people she was pregnant. She told people that the baby was still born. And then she told Mary again that she was pregnant. and pregnant again for like the third time. time. In 1987, Darcy told Jade that that... Ray her husband that her due date was July 16th and then July 23rd so she kept changing her due date this is how dumb this motherfucker is Ray said Darcy had gained weight her tummy had rounded and she began to show signs of pregnancy Darcy went to a medical exam in Kirkland Kirkland Air Base where Ray was now working and the doctor told her she was not pregnant because she had convinced herself she was pregnant and the doctor was like you are not pregnant
1: oh okay
2: darcy decided to continue the charade of being pregnant once again she wore baggy clothes gained 60 pounds and told her friends and family, family that she was due soon darcy told ray that she would need to be induced on july 23rd as the doctors feared for her and the baby's health at this point darcy pierce had been in maternity clothes for 14 months and her husband was like where's the baby yeah, are you an elephant like carrying this child for a year 14 months she had been pregnant I, I, you don't understand, I googled the earth to try and figure out
1: why he thought. Like, was I said, just confused by the amount of times that she said she was pregnant and didn't have a bit, baby but I was like, and... she was
2: const- 14 months, she was consistently pregnant for 14 months. And I feel like they didn't really have a lot of friends because, and she was completely removed from her family, like apart from her brother, but then they fell out with them because she was like, can I breastfeed your baby like a weirdo? but um, we've um, all been there um, it was her due date the date of her induction and Darcy was not pregnant it
1: wasn't her fucking due date it was a date that she told people yeah
2: but that's what that's what she thought like she was like this is my due date so I have to get a baby so at 3.15pm, Sam Ray walked to the medical centre, hoping to catch Cindy, even though he was late. she was like, remember, she was like, come meet me afterwards. He was like, I'll go, make sure she's there, I'll, I'll check up. So he noticed their car parked in the lot, so was hopeful Cindy was still being examined. When he got to reception and asked to be shown to Cindy's room, the receptionist told him, quote, you missed her. She just left, not five minutes ago. <gasps> oh, he was so close. So close. Ray checked through the building, trying to find Cindy, but to no avail. Sam was a little confused and somewhat panicked but remembered he had to collect Luke from daycare so at 3.30pm he left in his truck. So three hours later at 6.30pm after calling every member of their family, every friend, hospital and airport Sam called the local police and reported his wife missing. As he put his son Luke to bed in their trailer park home he told him your mommy's lost but you can have your daddy. So during this time, Ray made a call to Sister Rosemary, who was Cindy's midwife. She told Sam she had not seen Cindy since her exam. She also mentioned that a baby had arrived in the hospital, that had caused quite a stir. But if she heard anything, she would let him know. The baby that arrived was a girl named Amanda Michelle, and her mother was Darcy Pierce. Mm. So Darcy Pierce and Cindy Ray drove for about 15 minutes, with Darcy holding a gun on Cindy the entire time. When they reached a US Forest Lane cul-de-sac, Darcy stopped the car. She began to attack Cindy, but Cindy fought back. Cindy ran to a small hill and fell, and Darcy fell on top of her. Darcy began strangling Cindy with the pink monitoring belt that had been wrapped around Cindy's stomach. This is super graphic, sorry, just FYI. Very graphic. It's gross. So Darcy strangled Cindy in stages, making sure to keep her alive as she began cutting into Cindy's womb with her car keys. So she was. This is what she, she was—that smart to be like. I, ca- if I cut, if you die, the baby's not going to have oxygen. So I have to strangle you. So you'll pass out and let me do this. But wake back up. To keep <gasps> the baby alive. Oh my god, she's maniacal. Yeah, Cindy was unconscious but alive. Yes. As Darcy made the in- made incision after incision, then finally used her hands to tear open Cindy's stomach.
1: What? Mm.
2: Darcy took the healthy baby girl from Cindy's womb and bit the umbilical cord with her teeth. She then wrapped the yeah, baby sorry. in her dress.
1: What was wrong with the keys? That I just just
2: called with the keys. You just did something that hurt. What? Yeah. She got back into her car and left twenty-three-year-old Cindy Ray bleeding to death on the hill. Oh my God! I can't even. Like I remember reading this book, and I was way too young. I just been like, what? <laughs> like, honest to God, it was. She like, what? She what? you do? Like, like what? So she had obviously not Google, you can Google in the 80s, but she had obviously read up on how to do this and how to like do a cesarean section but keep someone alive whilst doing it.
1: And so but she was like, also, you do all that and then just bring keys. Bring keys. Why did not you bring a knife?
2: Keys. keys. Poor woman. Horrific. So, as police and Sam Ray continued to ter- search for Cindy, the Kirkland medical team were dealing with a strange, strange case. 20 year old, she was only 20. Year old Darcy Pierce had arrived with a baby. She had said she had delivered herself on the side of the road. She asked the staff to call her husband um, and Ray Pierce arrived at the facility elated at the news of the birth of his first child, a little girl Darcy had named Amanda Michelle. Ray held Amanda Michelle and began calling family, family members to tell them of the good news. I thought that was horrible. But almost immediately the cracks began to show in Darcy's story. Darcy told the nurses and doctors that she had uh, wanted her baby checked but refused to be examined herself. Darcy was covered in blood and mud from her thighs to her feet and doctors were deeply concerned. They tried to persuade Darcy to be examined but she came apoplectic and refused. She was like, don't fucking touch me!
1: It's like me on a Thursday night when having <laughs> next
2: to me. <laughs> don't you touch me! So the doctors examined Amanda Michelle and told Darcy and Ray that she was in perfect health apart from a scratch on her head. One nurse also noted that the baby's health, head was beautifully round, which does not occur with vaginal birth. Uh, so that's when they started to be like, how did you?
1: how did you push this out? how did
2: you push this out with a perfect little round head? Why is it not like, you know, when you get a baby <laughs> doll's head
1: and you go like that? Why is
2: Have it not you, like that? Did you ever
1: talk about Graham when he saw Lily's head come out? Yeah, he told me that before. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I, <Graham>. I remember Graham. <laughs> chasing... Was he not compared, prepared at all? No, and he was like, I didn't know your school did that. <laughs> I was like what do you think the soft spot is yeah, for like, on your head? Head. like it's so that it can like essentially flatten
2: It's yeah. like a cone but it's mad that it's in acu- I i didn't even think of that until i read that the nurse was like the head was perfect perfectly rounded there was no dents or anything so by now the doctors what and the a nurses, smart nurse mm-hmm, were growing suspicious of darcy's story and asked ray if he would speak to darcy about being examined she still wouldn't let them examine her he did and eventually darcy agreed telling the doctors she would only let the examination happen once they promised not to tell Ray what they had found. So she was like, you can examine me, we don't tell my husband. So at 10.40pm that night, 10.40pm that night, that woman was still on that hill, dead. Like, it's insane. Darcy was examined. The doctors could not find any evidence that she had given birth. So this is from the LA Times. Dr. Susan Graham, the chief resident, said Pierce looked like a woman 20 weeks pregnant with a nice little bulge in her abdomen. But it was not a uterus. It was soft. She had not given birth. At around midnight, the doctors confronted Darcy and she told them that she had, in fact, not given birth to the baby. Wait, to hear this. But instead, the baby had been delivered by a surrogate mother in Santa Fe, attended by a midwife who had then splashed blood on Pierce's legs to make it look like she had delivered. What? (laughs) She told the doctor she had met the surrogate mother outside an abortion clinic in Portland and paid her $10,000 for the baby. She also told the doctor she could not tell her husband the real story and begged them to keep it private. So this is what she concocted in her head. As to where she got the baby. Jesus. At 1am, Dr. Susan Graham locked the nursery where Amanda Michelle was sleeping. She called the police and told them she believed they had a woman in their care who had kidnapped an infant. At this time, Cindy Ray was still missing. (gasps) The police arrived and began questioning Darcy. She was calm and serene and she answered every question put to her. They asked her the midwife's name. She said she could not remember. They asked her where she got $10,000 to pay for the surrogate and she told them she had a trust fund. Darcy had answers, but they made no sense. At this time, the news of a missing pregnant woman had begun to make its way around the hospital. The doctors and police feared the worst, worst and believed that Amanda Michelle may be the missing woman's baby. Mm. At 3.30am, Dr. Graham, along with a nurse called Elizabeth Kohler, who's amazing, uh, she was the nurse in charge, confronted Darcy. So the police had been here. She hadn't told them anything. And these amazing nurses stepped in and basically got the truth, sorted this out. They asked if she knew Cindy Ray. She told him no, that she had no friends in the town. Graham told Darcy that the mother of Amanda Michelle may be in danger somewhere, to which Darcy replied, I'm sorry that Cindy Ray isn't missing, but I don't know. her." So at 4am, the police pulled Ray Pierce aside to tell them they were certain Amanda Michelle was neither his nor Darcy's child. I feel so bad for this guy. What? Like He thought that was his baby. He rang all his family and was like, this is my baby. We've had a baby. And then the police are like, that's not your kid. We don't know where this kid has come from and we've, we're afraid. The actual mother is in danger somewhere. Like, it's fucked up. Ray seemed devastated and the police noted uh, that to them, he truly believed Darcy had been pregnant.
1: Ray's a whole dumbass.
2: So at 7am the next morning, Darcy still seemed calm and resolution her story as detectives continued to question What a fucking... She didn't give a fuck. She told them, it's my baby, I paid for it. It wasn't until nurse in charge, Elizabeth Kohler brought the baby to Darcy at 10am and began to speak to her that Darcy showed any signs of cracking. So this is quote, this is what Darcy told the nurse. I feel like a real person for the first time in my life. This baby is going to live its entire life with me. She told uh, Nurse Kohler of her adoption and how she never felt part of a family or truly loved. So this excerpt is from the LA Times article. I'm just going to read it in full. So... Do you want the same thing to happen to this baby? Culler asked her. Pierce was quiet. How do you think this baby's mother would feel? There was no response. Do you have any idea where this baby's mother might be? Pierce began to talk. Maybe something terrible has happened, but I can't bring it up. Pierce handed the baby to another nurse and asked her to take it away. She began to cry. I've done something horribly wrong. I'm afraid maybe something is wrong with that woman. So it was only that this nurse stood in, and was like. So you feel lonely and abandoned, but you're going to let this baby feel the same by taking away its real mother. Um, Darcy confessed to the the police, and with minutes, detectives, along with Nurse Kohler and Darcy Pierce, were driving an interstate 40 towards Cindy Ray. Darcy spoke the entire time she was in the police car, explaining how she'd used a fake gun to kidnap Cindy. As they got closer to Cindy, Darcy became hysterical, screaming, ''I killed her. I took the baby. God, I hope she's not dead.'' There she is, get me out of here, please kill me. So she was like hysterical in the car. The police found Cindy Ray's partially clothed body covered in blood lying beneath juniper trees. Her pink monitor belt was wrapped around her neck and she had a five inch wound in her stomach in exactly the right spot for a cesarean and her car keys were laying at her side. Darcy Pierce was arrested at the scene on the suspicion of Cindy, under the suspicion of the murder of Cindy Ray.
1: So she was, she,
2: like she immediately was like, I, I did this like
1: but like did she live did that woman live long like her or... yes she was cleaning um. out
2: for quite a while mm.
1: she did so
2: at 1 p.m on july 24th sam ray's commander knocked on the door of his trailer sam held luke on his lap as he was told the horrific story of what happened to his wife cindy he was also told that his daughter was alive and waiting at the hospital for him so after blood tests had confirmed that Sam and Cindy were the baby's parents, Sam Ray's six pound, eight ounce baby girl was handed to him by nurses wrapped in a green blanket. Sam noted that she looked like her mother and named her Amelia Monique. Aww. So on July 27th, Sam Ray left the hospital with his new baby girl, Amelia or Millie as he nicknamed her. On that same day, Darcy Pierce was charged with first degree murder, kidnapping and child abuse. The district, district attorney said they would be seeking the death penalty. So Darcy was held in solitary confinement for her safety in Bernalillo Bernalillo County Jail due to inmates trying to attack her like they were trying to kill her, which is crazy. Cindy Ray was buried a week after her murder on July 30th, 1987 at the Ninth Chapel, Ninth Ward Chapel in Payson, a small granite headstone over her grave read, Our Mummy, greater love hath no one than to lay down their life for a friend. Sam Rae moved back to Utah after receiving a hardship discharge from the U.S. Air Force. He enrolled in Brigham University for a teacher's degree and eventually became a headmaster in a local school. Excuse me? No, her, her husband.
1: Oh, okay. Not, not the other guy. That husband. guy she
2: was pregnant for 40 months? No. Cindy's husband. <laughs> no, not that other dumbass. So whilst in prison awaiting her trial, uh, Darcy began to be seen by various psychiatrists. So this is the 80s and this was not like a thing... That was happening a lot. So they were trying to figure out what the fuck had happened here because it was shocking. Like, uh, Darcy spent hours and hours in sessions with various clinicians. Uh, as this was the uh, country's uh, thir- only third known case of fetal abduction by crude caesarean, there was not a lot of studies at hand so they were kind of going in blind. So I'm going to talk about fetal abduction because I think this is really interesting. It's probably really boring for other people. Though. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> not in a gross way. I'm just like, it's such a bizarre... It's such a bizarre thing. How many pages deep are we? We have
1: one, two. two I told you it was long. Three. <laughs> four pages left. Right, talk to me about the fetal abduction. We're nearly there. It is so, odd. I know that other case of that um, lady who pretended to go buy the dogs off the pregnant lady and yes. cut her baby. Murder, my I, I think murder, that lady lived. Irish, my favourite murder, well, that lady lived as well. Yeah. yeah.
2: But it's rare for both. It's rare for the p- person that's attacked to live. It's even rarer for the baby to live.
1: Yeah, well, it would be yeah, like you're not this, a doctor. Yeah, like it's kind of a
2: miracle that Amelia lived because they, she like was in a desert in the middle of nowhere. Like, and was
1: cut out by keys. I was
2: cut out by fucking keys. Like it's incredible that she lived. So fetal abduction is defined as the rare crime of child abduction by kidnapping of an at term pregnant mother and extraction of her fetus through a crude cesarean section. So the abductor pro- profile can be as follows. Uh, and this is from fetal abductions. Brutal attacks against expectant mothers on the rise in the States. How US.
1: often does it happen?
2: Like, since... I think it's since... I wrote down the statistics here. So and does it only
1: happen in the States? No, it happens
2: everywhere. So between 1983 and 2015, there have been 23 known cases of fetal abduction in the United States alone. So 23, 23 in, in the States. US. Now, in Argentina, during the war, this was a frequent thing that happened where soldiers would cut out the babies of peasant women and give them to... High-profile people and either why? let them bleed out or die because they were just hated poor people.
1: But what would they do? Why would they want? Why did they want the babies?
2: Because rich people wanted the babies, so they wanted to buy them. Yeah, didn't buy them. they just took them. They were like because they hated communisms, communists. So if they thought someone was a communist, they just murdered them. Yeah, if you ever read up on it, it's horrific. So that was like frequent then. It's happened in the UK. It hasn't happened in Ireland. Happened in Japan,
1: but it probably just hasn't happened here because
2: population-wise, yeah, there's just, just not enough of people. It. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: but yeah, it's it's frequent, like not frequent, but it it does happen. Okay. You
1: know? it happens in Japan.
2: Yeah, a lot of shit happens in Japan. A lot of shit happens in Japan. I watched a documentary a while ago on Japan, and the idea that when you grow up in a repressed society, uh, your oppression comes out in very different ways. In the sense of like not you know like being uh they
1: are very repressed it's just like
2: it can come out in really violent ways being like super repressed but it's the same as ireland we were a repressed nation under the church and that came out in like i uh, drinking too much alcohol
1: and uh, yeah no i agree we were but like and stuff like uh, that like so, family dynamics in japan are very different than our oh dynamics. it's it's a massively so different it's thing. like no but i just it's mean it's not the sense common that, to like, like tell your children you love them and no things like but that. i mean within
2: the sense that like repression is not something that we're not no 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 Exactly yeah. Like
1: that episode of um, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy Yes Well it's not que- it's, called, it's just called Queer, Queer Eye, Eye now. Yeah. Where they go to That Japanese girl yeah. Who does the anime and- I love her oh, she does the I was like Just come and live with me And she was like Oh my mother doesn't Really respect me yeah. My mother doesn't Really yeah. tell me She loves me And I was like Sorry what I just wanted to Take
2: her to my house And let her draw her pictures so fetal abduction is usually perpetrated by a woman after
1: organised has it ever been perpetrated by a man I like how you're currently a specialist and this is your uh, area of
2: expertise but I think the reason it's not perpetrated by men is that there is a maternal instinct to play her so it's not going to be a man so the abductor may befriend the pre- pregnant victim. The abductor is so determined to impersonate a pregnant and perpetual mother that she may use weight gain and a process prosthesis to fake a pregnancy and cut herself internally to make it look like she has given birth. That's what I'm currently doing. That's what you're doing. You're just pissing yourself in my bed. Mm-hmm. Um, she may take... The neonate to a hospital. The National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children spoke spokesperson Kathy Henry. These are American names. Stated in 2007, many times the abductor fakes a pregnancy and when it is time to deliver the baby, must abduct someone else's child. So that's exactly what Cindy did. Not Cindy, I beg your pardon, Darcy. Criminal motives um, include delusions of fulfilling a partner relationship, childbearing and childbirth. Um, so there's a really, really interesting study, like a thesis that someone wrote online. I think I have her name here. Yes, it's called from, <laughs> the name is great, it's called Fetal Attraction. Oh God. I know, but I thought it was really clever. It is. I a descriptive study of patterns in fetal abduction and the girl's name is Kerry E. Arquette and she's in Regis University. So I was trying to figure out what people what why they did it and what why healthcare professionals think that they do it so some healthcare professionals believe that these women are merely self-centered females who are obsessed with the idea of having a baby these women create a fantasy world in which they have a newborn and while they are fully aware of the difference between reality and fantasy they prefer to live in the world they're fabricating others say fetal abduction is due to the maternal instinct run amok at least one researcher proposes that the uh, preparators are driven by a need to feel special and important this desire is consistent with people with fictitious disorder who pretend to be sick or make themselves so it's
1: not like munchausen by proxy munchausen by proxy is when you hurt somebody else though
2: yeah but it's for the attention so usually it's you just, make your kids sick yeah it's usually your kids sick but this is like attention for themselves They're like i want to feel special i want that like you know when we're pregnant women are like people are like oh you're pregnant put your feet up I'll make a cup of tea blah blah blah,
1: blah. Um, or people and florists say <laughs> you don't look pregnant yeah mm. i've been holding that in for a while mm. I'm waiting for a moment. I hope her florist is shut down. I said... Uh, I hope the pandemic crippled it. I said, sorry. And she was like, yeah, you don't look pregnant. And I was like, do you know what? And this is exactly what I said. You're a cunt. <laughs> and you can shove those flowers up, up your, your hole. hole. Oh, okay. I'm going what next. What name's first? You remember? Oh, I'm not saying. Okay. Uh, she connected.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finally, experts in the area of mental health propose that fetal abductors are driven to the crime in order to shore up or secure a relationship with a partner. Ah, uh, the that's be- why Lily exists. The belief that a baby would cement a romantic relationship it is, is examined within this paper as one of the prominent strains syncretal to Agnew's criminology theory. So, that people, like, because some people saying that's misogynistic. I said, no, that's not misogynistic because I know so many people in my life that have had babies to try and fix relationships. Yeah, And it is the last thing you should do to fix a relationship because if you are on bad terms with your partner, bringing a screaming infant into it that won't let you sleep seven days a week is going to make that a hundred times worse. Yeah, and like, like,
1: I don't think that's a massage. Like, a I lot. think... Like, people do. I think people do that. And I think women sometimes do see it as like a... If I have this thing, then we'll be we're together. We're together, and this will bond us, and you'll stay with me. Yeah, yeah. And because if, if you, you know, if you have a child with me and you love it as much as I love you, yeah.
2: we're going to be together forever, and the baby. And I'll have keep... given
1: you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess so that. So it is a
2: thing that happens, but uh, so qualitative or unsubstantiated data about abductors include claims by ten of the women. These were ten women that she investigated that they were sexually, physically, or emotionally abused as as children. Other incidents defined as traumatic by abductors included parental divorces and multiple remarriages, the discovery of a parent who committed suicide, poverty and years spent in a refugee camp preceding internal immigration.
1: A refugee camp?
2: So the adult criminal behaviour of at least six of the abductors may have been forecast by juvenile uh, issues with chronic lying, aggression, risk-taking, promiscuity and drug use. So many of the early abductors showed like an obsession with having a baby because they wanted to feel like they have something to love. I will say this. I think it's very important to know that you don't want children as opposed to knowing that you do want children. Here's my thesis on why it's more important to know that you don't want children. The last thing you want to do is bring a child into the world when you do not want it because what happens is massive amounts of damage. Like, if you are saying to yourself, so many women in this world have had babies because they felt forced into it, they felt it was what they were meant to do in society, they felt that this was part of like, you get older, you have a baby, you have a family. My mum wants me to have a baby. If I don't have a baby, I'm not a full mother. But deep not down, in, woman. On, in deep down inside, they're like, I don't want this. They have a baby, and then there's immediate resentment. Yeah. And that child grows up to hate their mother, and the cycle continues. Yeah. I genuinely believe it's more important to know that you do not want children than you do want children. Because there's so many people out there, they're accidentally pregnant, they're like, this is amazing, I'm having the best time in my life but there are so many women that are like i don't want this
1: this yeah. is not
2: I, like i've known from an early age that i never want children in my heart i don't i don't have a maternal instinct
1: so don't have babies if you don't want babies uh no 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 i think it's true i yeah. think it's important i do that's think that's there's the a pressure oh my god there's a massive pressure like
2: every time i go home my family not my like my sisters or anything my family are like oh you have babies no no no, I don't want kids, and it's a good thing that I know I don't want kids because most of you motherfuckers didn't want them, and look how we turned out.
1: Okay. So, it's a lot packed stop asking mass. me. There's a lot packed there, isn't there? <laughs> so, don't. therapy tomorrow?
2: Tomorrow. We're no, unpa-
1: Friday this week, you can't see me tomorrow. That bitch. No, I, I can't anything. put up with you for this week. I guess you can. I'm, pu- I'm pa- unpacking all this shit. Me and my nips. Unpack some more.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Susan Cave described Darcy as, quote, one of the most disturbed
1: people she had ever seen. Another doctor. She doesn't seem that disturbed. She just seems like, you know what I mean by that? Like, clearly she's got some shit going on. What about you? She seems pretty fucking
2: calculated. She's like, this why, because they were saying that, uh, you know, one of the attributes to this is like to be pre planned and organized in what you're doing. And she was. She knew
1: what to do with that fucking key. Yeah. She had a full cesarean and took a baby out in full health with a set of car keys. I'm really going out living in like a fantasy land in my head. Mm-hmm. I wish I was. Yeah. I wish, like, I sometimes I am. I'm sure, people, like, it's, I'm sure it's not a good thing. No, but I think
2: it can be because I think it sometimes it lessens anxiety. Or oh, you yeah, I don't, just, have, like,
1: I don't have anxiety. Exo- you cut don't,
2: it off yeah. and you're like, I'm just going to stay here. Sometimes I wish I could do that, I but I'm just str- like, my brain is like, real life. <laughs> so, another doctor, Miriam Rosenthal, diagnosed Darcy with postpartum psychosis, which she believed was triggered by the baby Darcy miscarried. Now, the only thing she about didn't. that is that a lot of people say Darcy did not miscarry because she was now pregnant. So, this is Miriam Rosenthal's hypothesis. So, this psychosis can be linked to severe mental illness, such as bipolar or schizoaffective disorder, with the risk of this um, occurring increasing if a family member has suffered from any of these conditions. So, Darcy's birth mother informed the courts that both Darcy's grandfather and great-grandfather have been institutionalised for schizophrenia. Oh, okay. I just want to say also, because I was reading this, I'm not saying in any way that um, postpartum psychosis means you're going to murder anybody. That's not what I'm saying. That's not even a thing. Most people get help and they're fine. It's just that's what she said. So Dr. Miriam Rosenthal also believed that Darcy could have been suffering with pseudosiesis or false pregnancy. So this is from biomedcentral.com. Okay. Pseudosiesis is defined by the DSM-5, which is like... There's a book called DSM-5, which is all the uh, mental illnesses. That's my title. i into mark. it.
1: <laughs> and it I've, actually is. DSM-5. DSM. Uh, that's you. That's my title.
2: <laughs> Tell me what I've got. So it's a false belief of being pregnant that is associated with objective signs and reported symptoms of pregnancy, which may include abdominal abdominal enlargement, reduced menstrual flow, amenorrhea, I'm not sure what that is, subjective sensation of fetal movement, nausea, Breast engorgement and secretions, labor pains at the expected date of delivery. So your brain can make you believe all of that is happening to you. And then I remembered animals do that all the time. Yeah, because dogs, dogs sometimes have pseudo pregnancies. Becky's red- rabbits had pseudo pregnancies, and Becky said she was like building a little nest for her babies, and she was pregnant. Oh,
1: Becky! <laughs> Poor little boy. Money's little Becky. So, a woman can be. So she was d- crying a DSM five you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: a woman can be so desperate to be pregnant that their bodies begin begin to react as if they are. They can suppress the hormones and their hormones and stop their periods. Women are amazing. It's fucking crazy. It is generally only a doc when a doctor can show the woman an ultrasound of their empty womb that they begin to believe they're not pregnant so they're fully convinced they're pregnant until the doctor is like there's nothing in there Oh, a f- ghost up, baby This fucked up so Dr. Rosenthal called Darcy quote psychotic following a traumatic pregnancy bear in mind some people still believe that Darcy was never pregnant in January 1988, Darcy's trial began with Darcy entering a plea of not guilty by reason of insanity. In January when? In 1988. Oh. An earlier plea was made by Darcy a month previously where she pled not guilty without the insanity part. So she was like, she not was like I'm not guilty, I'm not insane. And then her lawyers were like, shut the fuck up and say you're insane because you're going to jail for the rest of your life if you don't. Well, you're going to the death penalty if you don't. Getting... So Darcy's defence were hoping to prove Darcy was legally insane. In order to meet the requirements to be considered legally insane, Darcy would have to have the following. A mental illness that impaired the ability to tell right from wrong. A mental illness that impaired them from knowing exactly what they were doing. Or that impacted them so severely that they couldn't stop themselves from committing the crime. Ding. Darcy could be found guilty but mentally ill if she did not meet the criteria of being legally insane. So they can still find her guilty and mentally ill but not legally insane so there's there's a difference between the two things so in February 1988 due to some issues with court documents and blah 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 blah, the death penalty was dropped so she wasn't going to go for the death penalty that was completely removed and Darcy's trial began so there's some issues with something and they were like we're not going for the death penalty that's odd isn't it I think it's because she was a woman and it was due to babies and things I think there was like they didn't say why because apparently that information is locked but it was dropped Um, so the state's defence argued that Darcy was not legally insane that she knew exactly what she was doing sounds like it The state psychiatrist argued that, yes, Darcy was mentally ill and was very sick, but she was not insane. The prosecution argued that Darcy's miscarriage, uh, I'm sorry, marriage, this is where they got this from, marriage was in trouble and in order to try and save it, Darcy believed she desperately needed a child. So she told him, he's going to leave me and I need a baby. They argued that Cindy was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Was she... She seemed to be in the right place at the right time because she was it going it was for an appointment. A fucking horrible thing to say. Yeah. Darcy did not premeditate the attack on Cindy that she just wanted a baby and Cindy was there. So Darcy's lawyers argued that Darcy was not sane at the time of the murder and that she had multiple personality disorder. They told the jury that under hypnosis, Darcy spoke of another part of herself, the quote, dark one. So this is from the LA Times. One part of her thought she was pregnant. Another part covered up the fact that she was not. One part strangled Cindy Ray, another saved the baby. So this is their argument. Full shit. So they're saying it's okay that she murdered Cindy because she saved the baby. She saved the baby. She abducted the baby, mm. and she could have killed the child. Mm. So they argue that one part she of she just Darcy, got lucky. Yeah, one part of Darcy's personality killed Cindy, and Darcy didn't remember any of it. Nonsense. The state argued that the only psychiatrists who believed this multiple personality diagnosis were the defense's own psychiatrists. They stated that Darcy, whilst maybe suffering from a mental illness, was in fact legally sane at the time of the murder.
1: Where'd she get all this money for this the lawyers? Hmm? Well, I'd say they probably just give it to her pro owner,
2: because oh, no. ha- she has she legally has to have lawyers. She has to have lawyers. Oh, okay. She can't do she, she can't walk in without a lawyer.
1: I'd say in know those because that's like a
2: big media it's case. A, I'd say they
1: were like we'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the jury agreed, and on March 29th nineteen eighty eight, they found Darcy guilty but mentally ill on all charges. What? So guilty but mentally ill. Do you
1: agree? Hot takes.
2: Um. Yes. I. She wasn't legally insane. She knew she was doing.
1: Yes, I do. I don't think she was insane. I it think she knew what she was, was doing. Yeah. yeah.
2: So the judge handed down a life sentence to Darcy, which is 30 years under New Mexico law, along with 18 years for kidnapping and 18 months for child abuse. The judge stated that Darcy would receive the psychiatric care she required. Darcy Pierce's defense team stated they did not believe Darcy would receive any adequate mental health care was behind bars. Darcy appealed in 1990 and 1998, but her convictions were upheld both times. As of 2021, Darcy Pierce is still incarcerated at the Central New Mexico Correctional Facility in Los Lunas in Albuquerque. Has
1: she ever spoken?
2: No, but you know, it's really fucked up. What? Because I Googled her, and the pictures you get of her when she's 19. She's 19, she's a 19-year-old girl, and now you Google her now, and you're like, oh, she's so much, she's so old. Like, she's 58 now.
1: Wow. And
2: it's just weird, and she has prison eyebrows.
1: Oh, does she? Yeah, she
2: has prison eyebrows. We've Mm. all had prison eyebrows, even when we weren't in prison. That's true. So in 2019, lawmakers in New Mexico pushed to pass a bill that would allow all inmates convicted of murder who completed a mandatory life sentence of 30 years to be released from prison pending conditional parole hearings. Darcy Pierce would be one of these convicts. As per the San Francisco Reporter, the bill would change current state law by ordering that any inmate sentenced to life imprisonment shall be paroled after 30 years unless the parole board makes a finding that the inmate is unable or unwilling to fulfil the obligations of a law-abiding citizen. So basically they're saying, if you've been in jail for 30 years... You've served your time. You've served your time, go to a parole board. If they say to you, will you not do this again? You go, no, I promise I won't. You're out. So I personally think this is because the jails are over. Yeah... As of yet, the bill has not been passed. Okay. Cindy, sorry, Sam Ray is now 58. He's a headmaster in Utah and has since remarried. After Cindy, Cindy's murder, he kept a box with his wife's belongings along with clippings from her murder case to show Luke and, Luke and Amelia when they got older. He said, I want them to know who their mommy is. She loved other, other people with all of her heart. I imagine she felt very sorry for the woman, for Darcy Pierce." Samuel Ray said at the time that he held no bitterness towards Darcy Pierce. I feel sorry for her. I feel sympathy for women who cannot have children of their own. One of my best friends couldn't have babies. It's a hard thing. So in 2007, at the age of 17, Amelia Ray, the child who was so cruelly torn from her mother's body, spoke to a documentary crew about her life. And she seems to hold the same sentiment as her father. Quote, I love the life I have now and I wouldn't change a thing. So it isn't like she ruined my life and made it horrible. When I do think about her, it's more like sad, sadness about how she has so many problems and how she needs to get help. So, between 1983 and 2015, there have been 23 known cases of fetal abduction in the United States alone. And that is the story of the murder of Cindy Ray, and the fetal abduction of Amelia Ray by Darcy Pearce, which is horrible. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Crazy, well, I think the most mental part about that is Amelia is alive and she's like, This is my birth story.
1: Yeah. Where were you
2: born? I was born in a hospital. Where were you
1: born? Imagine, you know, when you go yeah. out and do those really shit things where it's like, uh, Tell us a, a fun fact about yourself. That's a fun fact in work. And you're like, Hey, do you want to know something really? Uh, the room is silent. <laughs> and you'd be like uh, this girl is sick yeah um or but, uh two truths one lie yeah but she met um actually amelia met another girl that this had happened to. was, was born the same the, way the same way and she said she felt like and do you know what felt- i will say the one uh the, the wonderful thing and i don't know where these people get their strength because perfect, i wouldn't be able to turn around if something like that happened to anyone i loved and say that this does not fill me with rage, and, and I feel not, sorry, I'm and I'm not angry. Um, I just feel sad that they need, like, they need help. I just wouldn't. I know I would not. No, of course not. Be able to do that, and that's
2: totally fine as well. Like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like it's. But I wonder if you have to get to that point to have. I peace. don't. I don't think so. I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that they were very, very religious, and they were brought up in the Mormon faith, and I think that they turn to their religion when anything like this happens to be like how do I heal and how do I not have this bitterness and anger in my heart so I think maybe that's what that is but also whenever I read these stories and people say I'm not angry at the person that murdered my child I'm not angry at the person that murdered whoever I'm like that's fine that you're not and that's amazing that you're not but also it is okay to be angry at them and I hate this narrative of like you know forgive and move on no they murdered someone you love you don't have to forgive anybody that does something like that and like it'll remember that show we were watching on Netflix about that
1: oh yeah the lady that like strangled the other guy he wanted her to he wanted her to kill him and then his his parents were like hey let's be best friends and then she was in the like she was in the room with the police officer being like i just wanted to feel what it was like to kill somebody like and then and his parents were still like yeah but his parents were making money off it they were making money and that's why the rest of the family were like i killed is it i'm a killer i'm a killer it's on netflix Yeah. yeah um but yeah
2: i just fetal abduction is so absolutely insanely terrifying i can't begin to imagine i can't begin i just with with a car key like what the f- with a car key like she stopped enough to get a fake gun but couldn't get a knife the whole, the whole thing is just like what and the worst part about it is both cindy and darcy's husbands worked on the same airbase so they probably would have like met each other at some point or knew each other not knew each other but like spoken to each other and stuff Mm. so that's why she had been watching who was coming in and out of the Kirkland Air Base medical facility to see who was like the most heavily pregnant person
1: that she could attack but yeah
2: that was the first true crime book I ever read
1: oh look at you with the big brains on Emma it wasn't it wasn't a big brain book you were 12
2: it wasn't a big brain book
1: trust me (laughs) alright
2: um Jim Carrey is a great writer, though. If
1: you've ever wanted uh, to read anything by Jim Carrey. I was, um, once I doing when I was 12. Playing TV on not the road. Being, not being a weirdo like you Do you want to play TV? What's TV? Oh, my God. Classic kids game. What is it? Play on the road. One person sits up the top. Three, four. How many people you've got? Two is fine. Can't do it with one because it's a it whole thing, work. right? Um, and you can't really t- do it anymore because TV's not the same. So I would sit on the wall. Okay, and then uh, the three people would start at the like. So if we were playing on the wall, they'd start on the other side of the road. Okay, and I would go, uh, um, drama on Saturday nights at eight oh, thirty. Oh, we did play this. Yeah, yes, drama yes. on Saturday nights at eight oh thirty. Oh God, how sad. And then someone would go, I don't know, it was on Saturday nights at eight thirty. Noel's fucking house party. Noel's house party, and you go, eh, eh on a drama, you tick cunt. <laughs> Um, I did play this. And then someone would get it right. So they'd be like, Hobie City,
2: um, one step forward. Isn't it bad that you could not play that now because there's so many channels? But we had <laughs> like seven yeah, channels. Yeah,
1: it's seven channels. Excuse me. And then obviously they would like. So then the whole point of the game was like, whoever got to you first is the winner. Yeah. They win nothing.
2: It's just like the the joy of winning.
1: Yeah. Um, and. Oh, yeah. TV. TV.
2: It's so weird. Isn't that weird? Uh, 7.30 on an RTE on a Saturday. Yeah. and like, you just know that yeah.
1: because you have no other TV channels. Yeah. 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. <laughs> BBC One. Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> <sighs> um, Why do you try to play TV yeah, now? You'll be like, um, 11.30, no, 12.30 on Monday Friday. then den. <laughs>
2: Can't do it with Netflix. Yeah.
1: No, you can't. Amazon Prime like, you couldn't do like Times. It'd have to be something else. No, it'd have to be something else. It'd be like Drama. Kids don't Amazon, know they're born. Yeah, Drama, Amazon Prime, Jodie Foster. Uh, that one about the Iraqi uh, terrorists. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> they don't
1: know they're born, sir. Uh, they don't kids, know they were born. They don't um, know are born. That's what I was doing when I was twelve. Yeah, I was reading weird books I was about doing some other and women things. Out. Um what was I obsessed with when I was twelve? I was really obsessed with like, uh, like your third eye and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Into all that stuff. Like I had this weird obsession or with evolution. <laughs> and like, where the next step of evolution? What's was happening going next, to guys? <laughs> and I was like, down in the library trying to figure it out. <laughs> where are we going? When I was twelve, you people are doing nothing. Yeah. I was down in the Ballyferma in my library, tumming and books. <laughs> using what's that <it> yeah. microfiche <laughs> yeah I was using like, microfiche and I was like can I uh, book the internet for two o'clock tomorrow thanks very much Jane oh my
2: god um, have, did you guys have computer class in your yes school? which was like we had one computer that had the internet
1: no we didn't we have these you know what we had what? and I went to this is in secondary school this what? wasn't in primary school and it was like a good bit into like it was like third year in secondary school um and when did I start secondary school 1998 uh if I finished in 2002. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, Nin- right. yeah, 1998, yeah, 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 yeah. right? Uh, I learned how to type on a BBC Acorn computer. Oh my god, BBC Acorn. Yeah, on a BBC Acorn computer that wasn't even a QWERTY <laughs> keyboard. It was an ABCDEFGHIJKLMNOP. What good is that? Yeah, right. And I was like, I have a computer at home. This is wrong. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. That will be something. Am trying to type an ABCD computer? And the teacher that taught us was the like oddest human being I've ever come across really? in my life. She looked like, you know the teacher in Clueless that they try hook up with the other yes. teacher? She dressed like her. Okay. Had like the crazy lipstick, the lipstick. And just, but like wore blue eyeliner under her eye. I love her. And had like a really short, tight fringe. Baby bangs. And, and, like teeny tiny baby bangs and a really tight men's hair haircut that was like, blow-dried off the top of her head. I love her. Her name was Mrs. Carroll, and she was like constantly just on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Will and I don't blame that? her because she was teaching people how to type on a computer that no longer was in existence anymore. Oh uh, with the, what was the name of that uh, typing? Uh, Mrs.
0: Mrs. Mavis. Mrs. Mavis. Yeah.
1: Mavis. Where you'd have to, the penguin, yeah. the penguin. You'd have to save the penguin and yeah. has to jump yeah. to yeah. each thing. Yeah. P, E, N, G. You're like, ah, it's a Q, it's a G.
2: I don't know. I used to get really sad when I did badly on that. It would really bother me. Yeah, would, me too. I would think about it afterwards. Yeah.
1: I was so bad. Like, I was awful. You fucking stupid bitch. And we used to, uh, on the other side of our computer room, we had a typewriter room. Wow! So if there wasn't enough room in computer room. Cause I went to an all girls secondary. I to be a secretary yeah, in the I secretary pool. I went to an all girls secondary school that was run by the nuns and that was started in the sixties. And the school was still set up that way. Nuns out. Yeah. Um. I'm making a T-shirt that says Nuns out. I support. Tell
2: it. everybody
1: else about your other T-shirt idea. Uh, a gab. What's that stand for? Like? All. Garda Are bastards. Yay. I wanted to go with agas, but Emma said it was a step too far, <laughs> and that I had to hold back because I wanted to say all oh, Garda or scum. So we we we
2: were in the hotel the other night, and we were saying a cab, and then Sarah was like a cab, and I was like, that's a fantastic idea, a cab. So we're going to make sure it's fucking A-cab. copyright.
1: None of you couldn't steal it. <laughs> I don't think. I don't
2: think you can copyright just by saying copyright. Listen, I read some books in the <laughs> library <laughs> so when I was twelve. Say
1: Pat Pendon Pat Pendon <laughs> We're safe now. <laughs> I, tummed, I tummed some copyright books. What time it? What is, I need to uh, do is actually write it on a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, post it to myself yes. and never open it and then it's my idea, it's and it's yours. postmarked.
2: It's and she's the 29th June 2021 and we have Pat a gab. Yeah, Pat Pended. Pat Pended, uh,
1: I need to go piss so we need to finish up now hurry up alright thanks very much thanks everybody have a nice week happy Christmas I hope you've had the best pride if pride. you're going out in the sun wear we're sunblock sun- so wear loads of sun cream and if you can no, I am and look at the amount of fucking freckles
2: that are on my face right now
0: Stayed on half the GT Was thinking I would like a hookup But men are so unclean Now why the hell would I depend on Some dumb Neanderthals? See I don't need nobody's help My right hand does it all Flicking the beam, flicking the beam Flicking the beam, flicking the beam Flickin' the beat, flicking the beat, flicking the beat, flicking the beat.